Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Frozen Frontier. Greg, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm, like we were saying, glad to be back. It's been too long. <laughs> it's been way too long. So for those of you that don't know what's going on and you're wondering why everyone else looks to be dead, uh, they're not here today. Uh, I think Ryan has a conference in Iceland or in Finland or in some, like, northern cold place that ends in land. Um... <laughs> cold land yes yes um i guess he's not in greenland so it's one of those two <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing a, a flashback of yaromir kind of like figuring out who he is before he went on this adventure uh, to the to caldonia maybe what his motivations are maybe i don't know we'll we'll see what's up with him um, so Greg, do you want to introduce us to where you are presently? Sure, absolutely. Um, so we, this, this flashback is to a time, um, it, earlier in his life, um, he is not in Matava. He is, he has escaped Matava in a, in a previous adventure. Um, but we find him in a small village, uh, in this new land, uh, close to the Sylvan border. Uh, I believe that we're still in, uh, the, the, the same, we're still in the same country that we, that we start the, the adventure in. Uh, no, that's actually North of Drekus. Okay. Um, this okay. is going to be in Mistria. Okay, so we're we're in the the country of Mistria on the on the border to Sylvan, um, in a small town called Stumptown, uh, which is just outside of Half Hill. If you're looking on the map, um, mm -hmm. and here uh, Yaromir has moved. He has known that these tattoos are are embroiled in magic of some kind, and his his thought was to get uh, move up to the elves and find somebody that were a magically inclined people. The, 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 the work of, of the arcane runs through the blood of the elves, and he wanted to go up there and find them. Um, but unfortunately, it's much harder to do, and the elves are much less welcoming people uh, than uh, Yaromir had hoped. Um, and so Yaromir is moved with his wife and daughter, uh, to a kind of small hut outside of Stumptown, where Yaromir has plied his trades of archaeology and folklore and omen reading and some healing um, to kind of be the town's like which woman, man, which mm -hmm. man, which doctor man, which thing. doctor man, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's where we're that's where we're starting. That is that'll catch you up to now. Cool. Would you like to introduce us to your wife, Victoria, and give yes. us just kind of a, an overview of who she is? Do you want to tell us how you met, or is that a story that we are going to get into another time? Um, it, it might be a story we get into another time. Um, but uh, Victoria is a is a woman that um, I met on the the road out of Matava. Um, basically, she is a Matavan woman. Um, that was equally disillusioned with the, the matriarchy for unknown reasons at this point. Um, or, yeah, unknown reasons for the audience. Um, and she and I kind of made our escape from the homeland together um, with kind of a shared purpose of, of leaving the matriarchy behind us. And... Um, through that relationship, we kind of got to know each other better, especially on the run from um, authority, uh, and uh, had a had a small non-religious ceremony. We just call each other husband and wife. It's not really uh, been 
it's not really been made official under the light of Martha as a Matavan custom dictates. Um, but uh, through that union, we had a daughter uh, that we named Kat or Catherine, Cat for short. Mm -hmm. uh, she's about seven or eight, precocious and independent, loves to, to run around and um, be, you know, in trouble. <laughs> As little kids do. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, how do we want to start with this? Here we go. Let's start here. Um, so is there anything else we should know before we just hop right into game and kind of figure out what's going on um, with you? This comes at a time, uh, Yaromir spent a long time in his life um, not having any access to the arcane. Um, and he has some now, uh, but has yet to really unlock his own potential. He's very, very, very smart. Um, he learns quickly, he has a suite of kind of skills at his disposal, um, but he is yet to master wizardry. Um, he is, he's essentially a level zero wizard. Yes, excellent. So, uh, your level zero wizard lives outside of Stump Hill in your little cottage. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting this to be pretty small, maybe like a one or two room cottage. Maybe mm -hmm. there's like a separate bedroom and then like a, a dining room, living room, kitchen, general purpose, everything else room. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's that that puts the nail on the head. Um, occasionally, people will come to the general purpose room to have their omen read or or to have some healing. But I'm often like an on call person. I will right. go into town or go into wherever I'm needed. Does that mean your big general purpose room has like a little like mystical setup to it where it looks all like? <laughs> um, no, actually, it's it's very it's very plain. Um, there's probably like a corner that would be very weird to other people that like don't know, but it's got like uh, like a small like little cot and a bunch of medical like tools, like very barbaric looking old school medical tools, um, and like maybe some like weird herbs and dried things. And there's probably a bag of weird shit over there too, but it's not like everywhere all over the general purpose room. Right. It right. Looks like someone's living area perfect um so you've been here when we hop in you haven't been here quite yet a year you've maybe okay. been in town well, outside of town for like eight months or so and people the word is starting to spread that uh you're not just a healer but you also are a bit of a fortune teller you you have a way of knowing things that other people just don't know um and I think, well, what does your wife do during the day? Um, she is kind of the, the um, like if I'm the, the mental stats, she's the physical stats of the family. She knows how to hunt and track and cook and um, those types of things. I was very reliant on her getting out of Matava, right? She would be the fighter to my wizard. Okay. All right, so I think your wife is probably outside, like stacking, like chopping firewood, because you like you'll get some logs and she'll go out there and she'll chop it and stack it and like you know tend to the garden and like go get some, bring some back some meat from the woods or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think right now she's outside chopping wood while your younger daughter is maybe watching, uh, maybe chasing squirrels in the yard. I don't know. She's outside. She's out of sight. She does that all the time, right? right. Out yeah. running around, chasing squirrels, chasing bugs, doing her doing her uh, crazy yeah. eight-year-old things. Yeah, yeah. 
when there comes like a on your door. I, I walk over to it, kind of compose myself for a moment, open up. You will. Uh, standing before you is a young girl, maybe 15 years old, uh, big, terrified eyes, and kind of a, a shaky appearance to her. She's got brown hair that comes down to her shoulders. It's tied back ever so slightly in like a, a loose uh, loop. Her clothes are indicative of kind of, you know, lower social status, maybe a, a farmer's daughter, something like that. Um, kind of makes sense out here in Stump Hill. There's not much else but farmers and woodcutters. Right. Uh, and she goes, are, are you the fortune teller? Yes, my dear. The name is Yaromir. You look very shaken, unwell. Are, are you sick? No, no I'm very nervous. Yes. Hmm, I see. Would it, uh, do you want to come in and have tea? Uh, my wife makes tremendous brew. She looks behind her a few times to make sure that no one's around and then nods. And before you can even say anything, like tries to squeeze past you to hop inside. I'm very easy to squeeze past, right? This is a point in my life where I'm already like unnaturally thin. Like yeah. I don't block doors. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, she squeezes past me. I kind of poke my head out and look at uh, Victoria and I'm like, eh, Vicky, eh, I will be borrowing teapot. Eh, we have customer. Um, and kind of close the door. All right. Uh, the girl goes to whatever windows are around and peers outside for a few moments, then turns around and starts looking at the inside of your house. Yeah, um, um, I kind of wave her away from the, like, probably there's a window so that there's, like, natural light near where I have to do, like, very fine work on, like, surgery or, or healing. I kind of wave mm -hmm. her away from that area. It probably is a, a frightening area, right, for, for people. It, 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 like, symbolizes death and decay, and there's weird instruments there. And I'm like, come, have seat on futon. Right, and like I, I set her up uh, on kind of like the living area. There's like a small kind of table with a cloth on it, a couple of chairs, and I go over to a stove and begin uh, making uh, tea just from, a, I guess, a kind of like a local flower tea. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I'm as I'm preparing it, I kind of say, "So, uh, you know my name, but I, I do not know yours, girl." Ginger. Ginger, very nice name. Uh, what uh, what brings you to Yaromir's place? Um. Uh, I. You. Do you um. Do you know my parents? M Mr. Uh, Mrs. Longbottom. I am very familiar with your brother Neville as well. Yes, um, I. I <laughs> uh, no, yes, I, I do know the Longbottoms. I have seen them in town once or twice. Uh, I believe a, a cure uh, fever for uh, your mother not long ago. She nods slightly. Uh, you won't tell them I'm here, will you? If you do not wish it, I will not tell them. It is okay. She sits down, looking around, feeling, looking very anxious, uh, and kind of like she doesn't know how to proceed with telling you things. Um, mm -hmm. uh, 
I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty charismatic, right? Like this is one of the things that Yaromir just is. Um, so he like kind of sets down some tea and kind of just like uh, has a has a seat next, like not next to her, like across from her on like a different on a different seat. Um, kind of pours some out and 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 just I, I try to engage in, in a little small talk, right? I'm like, so uh, how is family business? Uh, Longbottom is a tailor, correct? And like. Just try to get her unease away. Yeah, she happily chats with you about anything other than the reason she came to talk to you Mm -hmm. for a few minutes. Um, And then eventually a a lull comes over the conversation. And she says, you can... You can tell things that... That are, but can't be seen, right? This is a... Base way to put it, but uh, yes, depending on thing. Do you mean like, would you like to have your fortune read? I can tell you things that may come to pass. Tell me, girl, Ginger, uh, what is it that uh, bothers you so? And perhaps I can prescribe to you treatment. It has been seven weeks since um I nod my head I say uh since the noon since the moon blood yes uh I I am familiar with this question I can I can tell if uh, this is natural occurrence or if this is uh I, I can tell if this is natural miss of cycle or if this is perhaps a pregnancy. Uh, come, uh, give me one moment. I will fetch the bones. Um, and I go and collect from, like, there's a bag near the medical equipment. I pull out, like, this large kind of obsidian bowl um, that's intricately carved with uh, runes and glyphs, very similar to what is tattooed on my skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I pull out these like kind of long ivory bones carved in the different shapes of animals. Um, and I, I kind of set them out in front of her and I, I, I lay them out kind of on a, on a velvet cloth between our teeth. And I say, all right, uh, young ginger, the way this works is each of these bones here uh, represent different phases of stars, moon, the gods. Yes, the tapestry of power. I want for you to select ones that speak to you, and we shall cast them and read your future. Right? And there's probably, if there's, there's probably one that's symbolic for each deity, and then, like, eight more that represent various kind of, like, undeity powers just like kind of chaotic powers in the in the universe and they're all they're all like not direct representations right there's not one of like a mother for martha there's like animals and and odd kind of shapes and carving into them and if you know what you're looking for you can identify them but to a lay person they're probably just picking blind right so she goes through here and kind of looks at the stones turns a few of them over and then in a bit of a huff just like grabs three of them and mm. I kind of you. I kind of do that thing where I'm like hmm like knowingly on mm. each one but I don't yeah. say anything I collect them up I begin kind of chanting this kind of soft um, um, 
ritual, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I begin speaking in uh, in the the old common, um, and without training in it, it probably sounds a little bit like gibberish. Um, and I kind of toss these bones, kind of give them a shake, get a swirling around in the bowl, and kind of give it a final whoosh and toss them down and read what they what they lay. All right, you want to make me a omen reading check? I will indeed. I don't have my character token on here, so let me give me a second to look at my actual check. Uh, so omen reading is plus twelve. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, um, you rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you tell her? Um, so, the the reading is probably just absolute gibberish, right? Yeah, yeah. she picked up like some weird mismatched stones that don't really make a lot of sense together, and then like they rolled, and like one of them kind of like fell out of the bowl, and it's just like it didn't go well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of look at her. And I, I, I take that deep, like, like searching thought um, look on my face. I just kind of, like, do that meditation thing where I think on the meaning of this for a while. And I look at her and I tell her, the bones are clear. Mm, I believe you are indeed pregnant. Um, and uh, I kind of say... This may be difficult thing to talk to parents about. Uh, you say it has been seven weeks. Maybe eight. Yeah. Maybe nine. I don't. I don't know. I want you to think on this for a while. Mm, perhaps day, two days. Come back. Uh, I have knowledge of potion that they say in. Uh, far east is uh, capable of removing the quickened body. Uh, is expensive potion, but one I believe I have material for. Isn't that dangerous? Yes. But is option. I suggest you think on this with parents. Uh, but it is option I can give you. She nods, um, gets up to leave, and then turns around and starts digging around in her pockets and says, uh, how much How much do I owe you? Mm, do not worry, child. This one, free of charge. Perhaps next time I am in village, you give me hot pie. Mrs. Longbottom's hot pies, I know, very delicious. All right. Uh, Ginger leaves hurriedly, slamming the door behind her. Um, and just running back to town. Uh, your wife comes in a few moments later, uh, gives you a quizzical look, saying, she seemed in a hurry. Is everything okay? She has not seen her moon blood in seven weeks. She was quite young, isn't she? She is, yes. I cast bones, but I get no reading. I told her, just based on medical knowledge, I believe she is pregnant. Eh... Uh, it is not unnatural to... Well, you tell me, Victoria. Seven weeks seems like long time, no? Seven weeks is a long time. 
I, things were more variable at her age, but seven weeks is... I've never heard... I don't know anyone like that. Mm. This is this this is what I think is Will. Uh, I give her option. I say, if you talk with parents for a couple days, we will make the mugwort uh, potion to undo quickening if she desires. She is so young, after all. Well. Your wife gives a shrug and just heads back out. You can hear the axe going quack. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we're just going to kind of skip forward in time a little bit. I think we're going to do a sampling of events here. So sure. maybe a few weeks later, um, your wife is once again out in the yard. Uh, this time she is tending to the garden. I think you guys probably grow some of your own foods there. So she's sure. like, you know, digging trenches, and like mixing in fertilizer and you know, doing all the laborious parts of the gardening while you might come through later and, like, plant the vegetables and, like, pick them gently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely do the easy bit of the gardening, for sure. Yeah. Uh, when you hear a, a shrill cry coming up from your daughter, who is also outside with her in the, the yard. Um, well, uh, as any good overprotective parent would be, I immediately come <laughs> careening out of the, out of the hut. Like, what is, what is cry about? What is wrong? Uh, your daughter is pointing in the direction of your wife, who has a, a hoe in her hands, like back in like a striking position. And then you see just beyond her and down a few feet are a collection of brownies, like the little woodland creatures. Oh, <laughs> okay. I was like... This is not threat. We will eat delicious brownie. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, uh, I kind of am a like know-it-all, right? Like that is the the purpose of of Yaromir. Does Yaromir know anything about brownies? Is his like training in folklore or you, anything like that given me any? Um... Yeah, you've definitely heard of them. Um... This is not the first time that you've seen them around, but this is the first time that they've approached your house. Um, hmm. These guys are like maybe two feet tall at the most. Um, they look a little bit like this feller right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they got all these like weird tights and walking sticks, strange caps with like giant feathers, but they're like, you know, a little feather, but you know, the, the proportions uh -huh. are all uh -huh. off. Sure. Uh, ripped stockings, little green shoes. Um, and they're coming up to your house, seemingly unbothered by your wife's uh, menacing <laughs> Menacing hoe, hoe? Yeah. Ah, but her hoe is so menacing. Um, <laughs> so I would like to roll folklore, I guess. Um, I would like to rack my brains to know if there is a um, like greeting or or some expectation of a of a of a fey folk, right? If if fey folk come to visit, do you offer them like tea? Do you offer them um, like do do you do you give them like a rabbit to eat? Like, is there some like known like lore about sure. about fey folk coming? Give me to visit? A, a folklore check. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's see here. Oh, I'm actually pretty good at folklore. Uh, 29. Ooh, very nice. So 
you would know that the these little weird fey folk tend to do um, greeting, like they, they'll tend to do some sort of like dance as a, a greeting method. Not like a long thing, but dance is maybe not the quite right word. It's like a little bit of a jig. It's like a couple of steps, it's like a, a three or four second long thing at most, which tends to show their um, disposition. You know, if it's like a happy fun dance and they're probably in a happy fun mood. If it's a little bit more like tough, then maybe they're not too happy with you. So their method of communication and greetings is like a little bit of a, a little jig. Okay, so I 100% with my eight decks want to do a jig. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to walk up to, to Victoria and kind of put my hand on her back like, eh, Victoria, perhaps is not best to wield mighty hoe against uh, guests. Um, and then I kind of walk past her and I begin doing a happy jig. I'm like, yay! <laughs> 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 I'm like in, in an attempt to like be like, yo, I'm happy. Are you happy? Would you like to have a bite to eat? What's up? Right. That's my jig. I don't know how good I am at it. I have six strength and eight decks. I'm probably not the best dancer. All right. That's a pretty decent dance, though. Uh, they, they do their own little happy dance back. Uh, and your wife kind of <laughs> drops the hoe. <laughs> Um, your daughter, seeing that this is a friendly thing, immediately approaches them, puts her hands on her hips, and goes, You're short. What are you things? <laughs> I, like, put my hand on her head, like, Very good question. Perhaps a little blunt. Uh, hello, friends. Welcome to our, our abode. Uh, what, the, what can we do you for? Um, as they start to approach, one of them, you know, snaps his head to the side, and you see kind of coming up the walkway towards your house is uh, a woodcutter. Uh, he's not walking, I'm sorry. He's pulling a cart behind him that's laden with wood. Uh, the brownies stop. They look to you, all friendly-like, and then they look to him a little bit worried, and you can kind of see them start to, like, do a nervous sway back and forth. Mm. Um, the woodcutter in his ox cart sees you and your wife looking at him st uh, gives you a friendly wave and keeps coming up the way I, I kind of wave back um, and I, I kind of look to the brownies and I, I ask them um, do, you, do you speak common tongue? one of them looks like he's about to say something when the other jabs him in the, the ribs and then kind of jerks his head, and they turn and scamper off back into the woods. Um, you hear a, a loud, what the fuck are those? Coming from the farmer coming up the way, or the, the woodcutter coming up the way. Language Gary, daughter is right here, right here. <laughs> Gary. I don't, did you give him a name? I'm sorry. No, you just no, you feel free to okay. name these things, it's great. I'm, I'm I call him down. Gary now, your name may be Bryce, I call you Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he say these are these are fair folk of forest. Uh, Gary, I have question. Uh, have you gone to new part of forest to gather wood? Um, no. Mm. The cart pulls all the way up to your house. You can see there's a maybe a half cord of wood in the back. Um. Okay. I, I say. 
these uh, these small creatures of forest uh, were very nervous upon your approach. Uh, somehow, I think perhaps you have stumbled upon their home while cutting wood. Uh, well, I've never seen those things before. They look like little mini elves. Is okay. Question: um, Mini elves are? Uh, do elves have a really bad reputation around here? Because they're very unwelcoming to humans, right? They have more of like a weird, semi-mystical reputation. Okay. Like they they're unwelcoming, but they're not actively aggressive. They don't do any raiding or attacks. They're generally considered to be wise and knowledgeable. But it's almost like a Shangri-La sort of thing, like how we might view Tibetan monks, where you're like, ooh, Tibetan monks, you know, up in their <laughs> high mountains, they're so wise and, you know, they know so many things and they're so kind of peaceful, but, you know, you can't really get into okay. Tibet. So calling them mini elves isn't like a negative connotation necessarily. No, not quite. No, it's more um, like a. I, I kind of nod and I say, yes. Stories go that uh, small fae such as this are inhabitants of forest, protectors of, of forest. Uh, it's, very, it's very interesting. have never uh, had them approach a human settlement before, in my knowledge. Hmm. Well, I uh, hope I'm, you're still open for business. Sorry to scare off your... Strange guests, he says a little bit warily. I, I kind of nod my head and I say, Oh, uh, of course, I'm open for business, Gary. Um, I kind of look at Kat and look at Victoria and I kind of look at, um, and I say, uh, Vicky, uh, please make sure Kat does not wander too far in forest today. Uh, I am unsure of the omen that uh, these brownies bring with them. You think something's bad is going on in the woods? I kind of, I kind of like stroke my chin and just kind of peer off in the distance. And I look at him and I say, hey, I'm unsure. I need more time to figure this out. Well, shit. I was going to ask you about that pretty specifically. Mm. See, my brother, uh, he hasn't come back. Oh, he no. went out yesterday and uh, didn't show back up. And I was wondering if you might know if he just got... Well, well I don't know. You know, we could... can... We can search. Uh, what, how long, you say, yesterday? Uh, well, yesterday you... morning. Uh, didn't come back last night. And when mm. it came to around noon today, I figured I might as well, you know, mm. go see the crazy, weird, tattooed guy. No offense outside of town, see if he knew anything. <laughs> I, I laugh at crazy weird tattoo guy. I'm like, eh, no, no, no offense taken. They have been called much worse. Um, Just call him like I see him. Hmm. I kind of think for a moment and I say, brownies are known as protectors of forest, but also as good creatures. Mm, is possible they came to warn of your brother. I think Omen is perhaps poor that your brother is not returned and brownies have come to visit. 
and say, come with me. We shall search for him using bones. Um, and uh, I kind of lead him into the, into the main room and kind of pull the same kind of ritual out, right? Um, this time, I, I kind of select specific bones for him. Like, I know exactly what I want out of this, right? I wasn't mm-hmm. just um, having a... I wasn't just having a show for for the girl. Um, I, uh, I I select out kind of like the bones of of, of Nadinus and of like uh, nature as as a whole and like these these like very specific um, maybe even Martha right protecting humans and whatnot um, and I and I kind of collect them together and I ask him I I, can't, I I sit him down I chant some incantations over them and I ask him to throw the bones um, into the bowl for me to read um, and uh, I ask him to say his his brother's name as as he casts them all right Okay, so you cast them, or the the bones get cast, and he says, kind of muttering under his breath, Barry. All right, Barry and Gary. I like it. Um, so um, I omen read uh, for a 30. Uh, it comes up the, the bone casting equivalent of snake eyes. So like, okay. Um, I read into this, and I look at him, and I say, Omen, he's very bad for Barry. Uh, is quite possible uh, he is in grave danger or perhaps already dead. Um, we should perhaps try to find his body um, or, or search for him now. Um, but I fear... I kind of glance at them again and look and say... I fear worst perhaps already happened. He chews his lip for a bit. How, how accurate are those things, huh? Barry's a smart guy. He'd not one to travel too far. Um, I kind of, I kind of give him a look and I say. These are as accurate as world as as these are as accurate as the world wishes to grant. In case here, what the hell's that mean? I am very certain. The arcane fabric of magic weaves through all of us, and including these bones, they are attunements to each thread of fabric. When you toss them, the fabric coils around them and can choose to reveal. I interpret. In case here, I am quite certain. Fabrics of magic. Are you sure you're not part elf? Something like that? I kind of nod my head and I say, I am uncertain. I I kind of show off these like tattoos and I say, I have it under good authority that these are woven in fabric of arcane. I came here months ago in search of elves. Perhaps they have more to share with me. Hmm. Well, I am very sorry for your brother, Gary. Um, perhaps uh, I know Woods well. Perhaps I could uh, join search for your brother. But uh, I fear... Uh, 
I fear what we find may not be what you hope. Shit. He gets up, heads out, um, and just starts like tossing wood off the back of his cart onto the ground. Um, not really making eye contact and just muttering disdainfully. Uh-huh. The last piece, of, the last few pieces of wood get tossed a little bit hard in the direction of your house, like bounce off your wall and hit the, <laughs> hit the ground nearby. Um, at the when he's done with it, after probably a good two or three minutes of silence, he makes eye contact with you and goes, "I don't think we'll be needing your help. Looking, I'll find some regular people." I kind of like do a weird bow thing. Maybe it's Matavin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he leaves. Uh, a few days later, when you're when you go into town to pick up some goods, uh, you do hear that Barry was found dead with uh, some elven arrows embedded in his chest. Um, he was also found in a river. So no one's really sure how he got there, but it's very clear that he did die to, to elves. Okay. Oh, and I told him I think I might be part elf. <laughs> um, I hear this, um, and I guess um, I probably know where the woodcutter lives, right? That's not hard to do. Yeah. Um, I, I probably go to to give my condolences, right? Like, I hear that he was found. Uh, I, I'm sorry that we found him too late type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I... Is it is it commonplace around here to have, like, a... Like, a, a wake or, like, some kind of thing for the deceased? Perhaps I, I um, have Victoria and, and Kat come to the wake and, like, we try to give him, like some trinket or whatever of warding from or or like some like really inappropriate present for a guy that died by elves right like <laughs> yeah so there's definitely um some sort of wake thing uh, i think that's how you figure it out is that you walk past his house on the way to market and you see the wake is in like full swing oh um, oh it's like going okay yeah you um, kind of stumble upon it by accident yeah so i stumble upon this by accident and i yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I immediately kind of like go and participate in the wake, um, and I'm uh, probably probably taking mental notes of like how people react and like anything vaguely religious that's not specifically of Martha is very interesting to me um, because. Um, in the matriarchy, pretty much all you learn is is Matava. I mean, right. all you learn is is Martha, and right. um, uh, perhaps in this in this forest they're they're different. Or if it's if it's all Martha stuff, I kind of glance through it and I'm like, oh, I I'm an expert in this. Um, and so I I kind of wait my turn to kind of go greet Barry uh, or Gary, and I I you know give him the like. I'm very sorry for loss. Uh, I, you have my condolences. Perhaps, and I give you 
I, I like have a small trinket on me, right? Um, it's kind of like made of of uh, of like a bear paw that's kind of been strung together in like a, a necklace. It's been polished and I've engraved designs in it. Um, and and I, I hand it to him and I say, um, I made this for family. Um, perhaps it will protect you from future incursions in woods. Um, and and offer my condolences. He uh, looks you up and down. How are you dressed when oh, you're attending like, their wake? Like I have a, a, a loose fitting robe, right? Um, mm-hmm. With the hood down. And, and I'm basically just like skin and bones underneath it. The only really thing of note is a little satchel that I have tied around my waist. Um, with with trinkets and stuff in it, and like there's this strange twisted black obsidian dagger that I almost always have on my person. Uh, are, are your robe? What color are your robes? Like brown, like earthy tone brown. Yeah. Yeah. They're not like bright and colorful, but they're also not like dark black robes that you would wear to a wake. Right, because I didn't expect to be in a wake. Of course, yeah. Right, but everyone yeah. else here is wearing these like dark colors, and everyone's like fairly somber and here you are like right. coming in dressed <laughs> like you're going to market you got like your shopping bag under your arm and, yeah yeah um you get a lot of looks and stares from the people uh, gary sort of I probably takes like the... don't register that i'm like poorly dressed mm-hmm. right like because i haven't been to a lot of like non-super ceremonial religious things right like these right. little things are new to me and also like people stare at me anyway so it's hard to differentiate between oh it's the weird tattooed wizard man and like he is out of place here right right, right. definitely um but you're getting some uncomfortable looks some kind of dirty evil eyes and one person even like spits on the ground uh gary takes the bear paw and shrugs a bit and goes Thanks, I guess. You think uh, maybe your little friends killed him? I kind of think, and I say, it would not be likely. Brownies are good creatures of forest, according to stories I know of them. Yeah, well, they uh, might not take kindly to woodcutters then, huh? I, this is why I asked if you had moved to new part of forest. It seemed nervous about your coming not angry is difficult to say if that they would kill your brother I, I doubt very much mm. again I, I am sorry for your loss I, I am holding up line here mm. um, and I kind of like try to shake his hand maybe and excuse myself from the the wake alright Maybe getting the feeling I'm not as welcome as I would like to be. Yeah. Uh, so you depart and go your own way. Um, is there anything I know about tracking down Browning? Like, is there a way to, like, go find them, maybe? Mm-mm. They're elusive creatures. That's yep. one of their, their primary traits right. they are hard to find. Okay. Well... I don't know. I, I'm folklore heavy. Perhaps I, I put out some kind of like greeting for Fae folk in the in the um, kind of forest near my my cottage and hope maybe they'll stop by so that I can have a conversation with them. Okay. Okay. 
Um, well, I think we are going to skip forward in time again, a little bit further. The brownies okay. don't show back up. Um, Disappointing, but understandable. Yeah. It's now been almost a year since you've arrived, maybe 11, 11 months or so. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's getting on towards summer, and it's a little hot and muggy out here when the summer starts to roll in. Um, you're right near the the, the large... The, the bluff that leads down into the canal. And there's also this river that comes nearby and actually like dumps into the canal uh, a mile or so down uh, south from the, the village. Okay. Um, and all this all this water combined with the, the blazing heat just kind of creates this heavy atmosphere, which the fireflies love. Oh. And so, you know, one evening, you're doing whatever it is that you do at home when you hear little Amelie crying out um, and then like just bolting out the doors. <laughs> I'm probably like in the garden doing like the easy work. Like my wife has like hoed and prepared it and whatever. And I'm like putting little herbs in and like stuff. And I see Amelie just bolting out <laughs> with a cry. And I just give a heavy sigh. <sighs> Victoria, I will go after Cat. Uh, she seems to have been very excited about something. And, and I, I just kind of, like, leave Ho and uh, and go off. Cat, right. Um, so you find Cat outside, and she is running after these lightning bugs, these fireflies, uh -huh. and, like, trying to catch them. Uh, <laughs> and then catching and opening, and then, like, flies out, and she, like, jumps after the next one. I think for a moment and I say, one moment, Cat, we'll help you. And then I go inside and I, I rummage around to find like little like jars. Maybe they're like full of stuff. I just start pouring jars out, <laughs> probably to the horror of Victoria. <laughs> and I get like three of these. I just like run out. I'm like, Cat, we shall catch in jar. They will not fly away. Um, and then I begin chasing around out there with them. Uh, with with my daughter, like probably with with like double fisted jars, like trying to scoop these things. <laughs> uh, she seems like she doesn't want your help, but then like once she catches a few of them, she wants the jars that you've brought. Okay, but then maybe, like maybe I catch yeah. on to that rather quickly, and mm -hmm. I instead of like helping her, I like give her the jars and are like, go catch them. Yeah, she's way more into that. She doesn't want yeah. her dad's help. She can yeah. catch them on her own. <laughs> um, so she goes around firefly catching and loading them up. And then after she's got like four or five of them in one jar comes over and like shakes it and goes, what, what are they? <laughs> um, I give him a, a, like a real serious look and oh, I really wish I knew the Latin name of, of a firefly. I would say that, but I don't. Um, I, I tell her they are, they are lightning bug. This particular bug loves this time of year. The lights up fluorescent like lightning at night. Keep keep them in jar, and then when nighttime comes, we'll show you awesome, awesome trick. Oh, she nods, um, keeps them in the jar, and takes another jar and tries to to catch a few more. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe. No, that wouldn't work the same in this climate. Okay, never mind. I'll, I'll just I just kind of watch her doing that um, and uh, um, 
perhaps I, I, I begin collecting like little twigs or, and like leaves and stuff that maybe the bugs would eat. Maybe I know what the, what the lightning bug um, enjoys. And I, I kind of like backfill her jars when she sets them down to like put new ones together um, so that like the lightning bugs have a chance to stay alive a little longer, um, kind of fill these up. Okay. Um, the jars fill up. She has fun playing with them. Is there anything specific you want to do with them or teach her about them? Oh, um, I, I kind of like give her a, a a kind of like quick lesson on like what the what the lightning bug like eats and does. I give her like the, the most boring biology lesson like you've ever had in your life, right? Like I give you the the Latin name of the bug. I tell you like it's purpose on the the like food chain how i describe like an in intimate detail how it lights up and she's probably bored to freaking tears right yes it's like so it's such a terrible dissertation but um eventually i like kind of wrap them up i put them in the sun because i think they i think they need that to to glow and i say at night we shall go out in the woods we'll show you special place using these um and um Basically, we'll wait until night, and then uh, I'll, I'll show off the jar. Right at night, they kind of flutter and, and glow, and she gets this like cool image of the of the like glowing jars of bugs. Right, and I, right. I know a tree in forest that uh, lightning bugs love. We'll oh. have to go there. Yes, oh. it it is. It will glow like the bugs are leaves on tree, glowing lightning tree. Ooh. Can we go now? 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 Yes. And so, like, yeah, we begin wandering our way through like kind of the the muggy evening at night. Perhaps, perhaps I look at Victoria and I'm like, Victoria, would you like to come along and see Lightning Tree? Is beautiful sight, I know. Not as beautiful as you, but close. Yeah, she nods and comes along with you. All right. Um, and so I kind of lead the, my, my family kind of through the forest. So maybe we go over the river and kind of like a deeper part. Um, and, and north of the, of the, of the hut, we, we kind of eventually reach a clearing. And there's this one tree that like the sap is like candy to these lightning bugs, right? And so mm. at night, like they're all over this tree and they're, they're just crawling. There's probably hundreds of them or thousands of them on this tree and they're all glowing. And so it kind of looks like there's this... Um, uh, like like all the leaves on the tree are glowing. It's like the bugs themselves are are the the glowing living parts of the tree. Yeah, they're both very impressed by this. I'm impressed by it. That sounds awesome. Is that a real thing, or are you just making this up? Uh, I may or may not have stolen it from an anime I watched. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I show them this off and like, and, and I kind of point to the jars and like, you can keep them in here. Um, and like, I'll go and like scrape off, uh, <gasps> even better. I like get, I like go and I scrape off some bark and I like put it in the, um, in the jar for them. But I also take like a branch, right. And I take uh -huh. like a small twig that like they, the, the bugs are still on and like, it's like a pretty flower almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hand that I hand that to um, to Victoria, and, and I say, a flower as beautiful as you, um, and yeah, oh, Yari. 
Yeah, You're and so then I, I kind of describe like how you can keep these lightning bugs around and, and see them throughout the year if you keep them fed and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to take our first break here. Uh, we'll be back in about five minutes or so if you're watching live. If you're watching on VODs, we'll be back right away. Uh, <laughs> and when we come back, we have a few more things to get to. So stick around. You guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Frozen Frontier Yarumo prequel, Yaromir prequel, where his daughter's name is Kat or Catherine and not Amelie. That's a different eight-year-old girl <laughs> in our story. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So we last did some fireflies showing up and hanging out with Kat. Yep. Um, but now we're moving on to something else. It is nighttime, maybe a week after the, the Firefly incident. Okay. Uh, and there comes an angry knocking at your door. Oh, okay. Definitely uh, like a... Are you okay. in there? Um, I kind of... I kind of give a, a, a look to, to Victoria, like maybe take Kat to the other room, maybe. Um, and uh, after look is is acknowledged, I wander over to the door and say, uh, yes, one moment, please. Uh, and I give it like a two count and I'll, I'll kind of open it up to, to see who's knocking. Standing before you are Mr. and Mrs. Longbottom, the tailors from the town. Mm. Hello. Uh, a pleasure to see you again, Mr. and Mrs. Bottom. What did you do to our daughter? Uh, she came to me uh, and asked for Roman reading. I provided it free of charge. What did you do to her? She... Question. Did she come back for our potion? No. Okay. Um, they did no such thing. Uh, she came, she sat here, I offered her tea. I casted bones, as I have done for many in village. Uh, I told her, you know, when you do not see moon blood for seven weeks, it is probably pregnancy. And she lit. The wife is kind of like patting her husband's shoulder. I see, he's fine, he didn't do anything. He's just a harmless weirdo, it's okay. Uh, husband, Mr. Longbottom is not, you know, he's not taking this. What are you talking about? She, she just lost a child and when it came out, it was twisted with dark skin and scales and a tail. I, I, I kind of, I give that look I just did. Um, I, I say dark scales, twisted. What, what did you, this what sort of magic did you moves. perform on her? They simply asked the fates to see into her future. Unfortunately, they came back cloudy. So using my knowledge of anatomy, I gave her the best advice I could. Right, right. Uh -huh. This is disturbing. You say twisted in scales. Can I see this body? Uh, no, you cannot. You're a twisted, sick man. And one day... He just turns around and storms off. Um, is his wife still sitting there? She gives you an uncertain look, 
and then I kind of like and... spread my hands out and I, and I say, I'm very sorry for your loss. Uh, if there's anything I can do, let me know. Um, he calls out, uh, Ginger, follow me. And the two of them leave. Oh, she was named after her mother. Mm-hmm. Ginger Jr. There's not a lot of female juniors out there, no, are there? No, I've never, I've actually never heard of that. It might be a thing. I don't oh, know. It's a thing in Chat, this world now. Tell me, is there a junior woman? <laughs> I don't think is so. Is there a woman junior? Perhaps we need to put that in the correct order. You'll have like Queen Mary the fifth, right? Or Queen Victoria the third. So I suppose you might have... Vicky Jr.? Vicky Jr.? <laughs> I get, but maybe that's just, I don't know, I don't know. It's, but that's a royal title, right? I don't know, what, okay, you're right. That's Moving. not, we're, we're playing, that's not what we're doing. Um, so yeah, so Yaramir is very, is deeply disturbed by this. Um, the he, he was completely caught off guard by the, the nature of this pregnancy. Um, twisted and scaly. Like, does he does he know of, of any, like he, he's gonna rack his brains for, for any knowledge of, of strange pregnancies that go awry. Very specifically, I'm thinking hags. Um, maybe an imp, but that would be very weird. Cross-species imping. I mean, <laughs> Cross-species imping, by the way, <laughs> my new folk band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you've heard of people born with tails before. That's actually not too uncommon, Uh huh. Um, but not like black scaly anything uh-huh oh that, that is that is very disturbing um yeah i i uh i'm gonna go back to that little part of the forest near my um near my house and kind of draw out using kind of my knowledge of the arcanology and of symbology like draw out kind of like a ward um, and, and this probably is not a magical ward. It probably is like I have a I have a warding spell on my body that I don't know at this point. Um, so it's probably not that. It's probably just like kind of something that I've learned from um, just years of kind of studying folklore and these and these arcane kind of tidbits that I've, I've gathered in my brain. Um, and I, I'm just kind of drawing that out to try to like ward away like evil presence from around my cottage like I don't want it infecting my family mm-hmm. and and I probably sit and and reflect on on this and kind of I probably don't immediately cast bones because I don't have a question in mind to ask the bones other than like what is this but that's something that bones probably couldn't tell me uh, I just like am probably reaching through the the fiber like I'm meditating on like the fiber of the arcane just like hoping to to glance upon anything um, that might pull me in the direction of the forest or, or of what of what happened to this poor girl. Ooh, a tiefling. Same uh, there are no answers out here. You can feel Where? parts of your skin kind of tingling. Like the, uh-huh. the parts of your skin that have tattoos across them or birthmarks. I don't know how you quite you want to qualify these. Um, but you can feel those starting to like tingle up and down your arms. This is this is probably very disturbing to me because you know I, I know that these are, are built into the arcane and like there's definitely magic afoot. 
right? Um, and and uh, you know, I, I just I, I spend a night in kind of like um, contemplation and meditation, and like I I go check on these wardings probably every couple of hours just to just to kind of see. Um, probably a very re- like sleepless, restless night for for Yaromir. Okay. Maybe the fourth or fifth time you go to check on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you step outside, you, you walk around the perimeter, you, you're looking at these wardings, and you get the uneasy sense that dawn is coming. Even though your internal body clock tells you it's still a few hours away, but things are seeming to like, it's almost like the sun is rising, like things are just starting to lighten everywhere around you, like an anti-eclipse. Ooh, interesting. Um, I kind of, I kind of look to the, to the stars. Um, I'm not an astrologist per se, but I am, I am, um, someone that was trained in the, in the matriarchy of Martha for a long time. So I probably know the like locations of the gods, right? And I kind of look to, to see that they're all there <laughs> or the ones that should be there at this time of year. Yeah. The, the right stars are there. Okay. As far as you know. Um, yeah, I I perhaps am, uh, am, am emboldened by just, like, curiosity. There's, like, a, it's very, very disturbing that the, the light's happening, but I, I, I kind of walk the perimeter again and check all of my wards, kind of keeping an eye out for whatever might be glowing here or, or causing this, this unnatural kind of feel in the air. Uh, well, why don't you give me a... Why don't we start with a perception check sure. and we'll move from there. Sure. Uh, no, I am not perceptive. I am anti-perceptive. You don't know what it is, but uh-huh. it's not daylight, but it's like dawn. Mm-hmm. But the sun's definitely not. Like the horizons are just as dark, but the like the area within maybe a hundred feet from your house in all directions is just kind of like lit like dawn. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of, upon not being able to find the source of this, right? I just, my, my thought turns to, to protecting my own. Um, and I go and kind of etch in the, the same warding pattern. I take kind of like a long walking stick or something, just kind of etch that in a kind of like around our like cottage instead of like pushing out to the forest. And, Mm -hmm. and I, I'm just going to go in and kind of give Victoria probably like the gravest look, um, that I have and just kind of, you wake her up then. No, oh, if she's uh, if she's not up, then uh, yeah. I just kind of go to bed and and hope that in the morning we're still here. Probably uh, very um, probably like a restless, like just laying in bed type of thing, like on alert. Okay. Why don't you give me a, another perception check, please? Sure. Uh, it's a thirty. That's much better. <laughs> oh, okay. So you come into the house and something feels a little bit off and you quickly recognize it, that it's much darker in the house than it is outside, which is strange because Amelie has been, uh, because Kat has been, <laughs> Kat. Catherine Kat has Kat. been collecting fireflies. Oh, that's right. 
Oh, I, I immediately go to check where the, the fireflies should be, right? Uh, there's the, the, like, six firefly jars, and all the fireflies in them are dead. Oh. This is, this is very disturbing. Um, I immediately go to my, to my omen reading, right? I, I pull up the bones, and I lay them out, um, and, and I begin incanting. And, and my question to the fates is, are we safe in this cottage? Like, do, do we need to get out? Um, and I, I cast them bones. Right, I will roll your check secret for this one. Sure. Uh, you get back the omen... Um, no harm. Yeah, there, there's no immediate danger. Okay, okay. I kind of, I kind of think on that, and I'm, I, and I'm reassured. The, the fates have really yet to lead me truly astray at this point in my life. Like my, my, my sense of like ability to, to control and, 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 and be right, like make the right decision, is, is very high. Um, and so. I kind of just um, discreetly take the dead fireflies and and put them out in the forest. Um, I don't want something that has that has magically died um, in the in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I I go back in and and spend a very restless night, probably watching over like my my family as they sleep, like making sure that nothing crazy happens to them. They seem quite peacefully asleep uh and maybe half an hour later or something the the dawn outside like fades back to typical darkness of night and then an hour or so later the sun begins to rise then a a very very tired yaramir kind of probably like lets out a long breath he'd been holding like even like unaware and and kind of nods off for probably an hour until he gets woken up, but yeah, yeah. You probably spend that rest of the day sleeping, possibly, or like in a groggy haze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's possible that Victoria is like, no, 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 you're not sleeping all day. Like, go <laughs> cook or do something, but it's probably just like. Ugh. <laughs> still shit to be uh, done, Yaramir. Right, 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 right. You can't uh, stay up playing video games all night and then not do your share of housework in the morning. <laughs> exactly that, yeah. Um, I probably asked them, like, did you did you have peaceful night's rest? Did, uh, did it, any nightmares, any, any dreams? No. None. I had None one dream. Oh. About you. Oh. You awake. <laughs> Yarmir smiles and, and is fairly reassured. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he actually uh, is interested in going to town at some point. Like when he's more rested, um, maybe even the evening, maybe he spends most of the day like doing like small housework and chores and kind of like resting up a little bit to get the, the bleariness out. He wants to go into town and, and see if anyone else noticed the, the strange dawn. All right. Uh you come into town, but it's oddly quiet. Um, the streets are sort of empty, not entirely empty. Um, people are seem to be grouped in small huddles, kind of in different areas. And as you walk down the main drag, 
these huddles turn. Um, I, I I just kind of I people looking strangely at Yaromir is like a fact of life. And yes, so but this is different. Like people are okay. stopping their conversations and whole groups are outright staring at you. Right. You have okay. become like the center of attention. This this definitely makes Yaromir uncomfortable. Um, but he's he's here to figure out like what in the hell happened, right? So like their unease clearly speaks to his own. Um, so he'll he'll come up to them. Um, probably he knows most of the people in town, um, but uh, he he'll come up uh, to to the first group and be like, uh, "Your unease is is palpable. Uh, I share I share in this this feeling. Uh, please, uh, last night there was strange dawn for." for many hours. Uh, what, did, did any of you notice this? Did, did any of you see the cause? Give me a charisma check, please. Sure thing. Uh, so my charisma is the same as my perception, so we'll just roll that. Oh, an 18. Uh, the group looks at you for a minute and then kind of almost in unison, not quite, not like it's practiced ahead of time, but they, like, the group just turns so their back is facing you, and they whisper, you know, like, shunning you. Oh, okay. Yaramir kind of figures out that they think that, like, I have something to do with whatever occurred last night. Um, And he thinks, uh, Yaramir has probably less friends than he has enemies in the town at this point um but he's still he's been here a year he's probably helped some people he thinks back to um uh, a small family there's a that uh kind of an older couple uh that uh the the husband came down with the pox uh like in the in the early part of last year and that his medicine helped kind of recover um so he goes to the uh he goes to the boer family um, and he knows their house because he had to go there to, to treat the, the husband many times and kind of like raps on the door, hoping mm-hmm. to, to find them. Okay. You find them there. Um, Yaramir kind of uh, nods his head to them kind of respectfully and says, it seems people in town are very frightened of me. I think it has something to do with what happened last night. I was hoping... You mean the light around your house? Was it only around my house? I could not tell. It seemed as if the whole city was bright. You're saying you didn't cause that? No. uh, Not not on purpose. You're not the reason your house was glowing? You could see it all the way from town. Hmm... I, I do not know. Uh, this this glow is is beyond my doing or my knowledge. It was really just my house. The fate said that I was safe there, so I did not move my family. But I was concerned for a long time. Hmm. Kind of, he kind of strokes his his chin a bit and goes, "Have you has the town seen any visitors from the forest?" 
Uh, brownies approached me not long ago, a couple months back. Uh, have you seen any new? Have the hunters or or um, trackers found any any signs of creatures in forest? Heads shake. Nods his head. Says, "This is this is a touch disturbing for me." Eh. Uh, Thank you for your honesty. Uh, I, I would, I would give you something in return, but I, I did not come with much. Uh, please visit us if there is anything I can do. I will have to investigate the source of this light. Um, and I guess I kind of leave town because I don't want to be kind of out of sight, out of mind, right? Like I, I don't want to like let the rumors kind of fly. Right, right. Um, so I give, I go back to the to to the uh, house and I kind of um, find Victoria and go. We have we have a little bit of problem in village. Uh, last night uh, there was large glow, almost like dawn had broke just around our cottage. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, it could be seen from town. Uh, when I investigated, I thought it had been everywhere. Apparently, uh, this is not true. It was only us. The fate said we were safe, so I did not wake you or cat. But uh, the town folk, uh, superstitious lot they are, uh, think that perhaps I had something to do with this. I do not know if this is. Uh, animosity that they will build towards us, but uh, we should perhaps uh, be wary, be, be, be thought forward uh, about the town. Your wife nods. Should we leave? We've all, it's been less than a year. We could pick up and move. I kind of stroke my, my, my head and my tattoos and I, I think and say hmm I do not believe that is necessary uh, I think this will pass I I asked fates if we were safe here and the fates say that there is no danger I think that perhaps given time given the good work we do for town folk uh, they will forgive or, or perhaps forget strange light. Um, but for time being, it's probably appropriate to uh, be cautious. Keep head above, uh, above water. Okay. Uh, she pulls out the razor blade that you use to shave your head so you can examine the tattoos and says, it's, oh. your hair is getting a little long. Why don't oh. we keep it short it will yes thank you um, and I, I, I go and and kind of begin the, the shaving shave all my body hair off all the body hair oh I guess you need to examine everything everywhere there I guess there's some untattooed portions of your body that oh, do as you please let's let's not have another elephant discussion yeah, so let's, let's not go there that. We'll leave that in the ether. Right. We'll leave that for the for the cheroses of the world. 
Um, okay. So a few days pass. Um, no one comes to visit you. Okay. Uh, your normal deliveries have all stopped. Um, and you guys have just been given a wide berth for a little while. But you've got supplies. You're not starving. You're not in danger of running out of anything. You're you're well prepared. Uh-huh. Um, when eventually you see coming up the driveway one day, a little ginger. Oh. Yeah, 14, 15-year-old, something like that. Yeah. Kid. The one that recently had the demonic miscarriage. Yeah, about that. Um, I I open the door and I see her coming up the up the thing. You say so. I'm going to. Um, she's coming at like a, a jog or like a tired jog. A tired jog. She's been hustling to my place, huh? Yeah. Okay, so I I open the the door up um, and and kind of greet her. You know, Ginger. I, I am. I have heard what happened. I am very sorry. Please come in. Uh, I, I kind of looked at Victoria. I'm like, uh, the young, the young. There's, there's no time. Mom no are sick. Tell me, tell me, Ginger. What, what is it? Mom and Dad are sick. They're, they're coughing up blood. A lot of oh. it. They are. Well, uh, I will, I will get my, my equipment at once, and I just like vanish into the house, pick up like my, my bag of like herbs and charms and weird shit and i grab my like as many medical tools as i can and i follow ginger like Uh, let us go i i will i will assist them your wife victoria before you head out kind of puts a hand on your shoulder and says is everything okay she says uh, her parents the longbottoms are coughing up blood very sick i think we must help them she looks cautiously um and then kind of takes a, a walking stick that you use for, you know, either, either walking, but she also uses it kind of as like a, um, like a bow staff for sure. practicing. Yeah. Um, so it's somewhat of a weapon that she has, but it's kind of nondescript. And says, I think I'll come with you. Um, I think for a moment, and then I, I, I realize there's no time, so I just kind of nod and, and have her follow along. Okay. You guys come into town... And the streets are as barren as you were here the last time. Uh, uh-huh. You notice that there are some coffins lying next to a couple of doors here and there. Uh, and there's kind of like a stack of coffins like in like just in the street. Um, you can hear the pounding, the furious pounding coming from the, the woodworker shop. And uh, as you like pass down through that alleyway, you can see the woodworker, his wife, and his two younger boys are all furiously working on building more coffins. Oh no! Okay, yeah, I I just am like immediately thinking of like all the things like I know coughing up blood. Um, I know lots of people sick. They're out of the streets. I'm thinking like, okay, what kind of contagion is this? I, I'm trying to, like, I'm already formulating, like, my medical opinion as I go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ginger takes you to her parents, who are, you know, in their living room. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them are just lying on their, their uh, what do you call it, um, straw bed. Uh, neither of them look very good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Um, So uh, I I tell Ginger, um, I I will take it from here. I may need your help. Uh, Please gather 
um, bowl of water and as many rags as you have. Uh, also, large, uh, any sheets, large uh, winter blankets would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of set my bag down and begin examining them. I'm quick. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to immediately start like touching them. I'm going to examine them for any like um, rashes, boils, play like um, anything that looks like it might be. Um, there's no rashes. There's no boils. They've got a high fever. They uh-huh. seem to be somewhat delirious. They're kind of mumbling, but it's incomprehensible, and it doesn't seem like it's directed. Their eyes are unfocused. Um, uh-huh. And there's not like huge amounts of blood, but like when they cough, the like, flex of blood, and maybe some a little bit starting to run down the side. Okay. Okay. So um, sometimes, in order to treat the disease, you have to treat the symptoms first. Someone could die from a fever before they die from the plague. Um, so first thing I'm doing, um, I'm I'm taking you know blankets, covering them up, hoping to get the fever to break. Um, I'm gonna you know do the thing where you put the washcloth on their head. Um, I give them aspirin. Um, I give them uh, anything that that I guess we don't have aspirin. Um, I right. give them. Um, I I take. Um, bark from an asp tree and I grind it in a little bowl and pestle and like get the like ooze out of it. I mix it um, with some like mold wine maybe because alcohol kind of cleanses things. It kills bacteria or whatever. So right. Um, uh, I give them that. So uh, while you're in the middle of like doing all of these these things, there comes like a pounding, not, not so much a pounding on the door as like a, a knock and the door swings open and the the town drunk comes stumbling in, uh, kind of oh. ranting and raving Festus, and sweating. What are you doing here? And then he just like collapses at your feet uh, and says, oh. "Doctor, help!" Um, I, I give him like I put my palm on his head. Is he burning up from fever yeah, as well? He is. Too. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I roll him up next to the the long bottoms and put him in a winter blanket and do the same thing, right? And I begin mm-hmm. making more of this kind of like ass bark um, uh, like potion, I guess. Uh, a few people start to gather outside. Um, you know, th- those few people that were in the town streets kind of have seen the commotion. They've seen poor little Ginger running to and fro and gather, like going from place to place to gather extra rags and they saw the town drunk come in and there's I basically a, a small look at Victoria and I, I, I say um, it can only help so many at a time. If if there are people on verge of death, bring them in. Otherwise, I need the opportunity to um, heal the ones I can. Um, and I just kind of let her handle she, that part. She goes and kind of pushes the crowd back a little bit. Uh, you continue working, and maybe 15, 20 minutes later, Victoria comes back in, uh, kind of carrying the village elder. Uh-huh. Um, she is not doing too well. Uh, she's yeah. Like, yeah, same, whatever this is, whatever this, I'm going to call it a, a plague for lack of a better term right sure. now. Sure, whatever, whatever this plague is, it is. it's hitting a lot of people. Um, I think as a healer, I can heal five, right? Is that my max so. number? Yeah. Um, so I get the two long bottoms, Festus, I guess. <laughs> We're an equal opportunity doctor um, and the elder. So I, I basically look at Victoria and I say, it, I can only really have one more. Um, for, um, I, I kind of... What are, what are the symptoms? I'm sorry? She, she asks you, what, what are the symptoms? Um, I, I tell her, uh, very heavy fever, dehydration, um, and, and uh, like, 
the the lungs they they cough up blood if if anyone is is woozy weak dizzy she um, they lost takes a lot. your hand and presses it to her own forehead uh, uh, and you feel sick? it start it's it's warm it's not as hot as everybody else but it's definitely like a rising fever okay or a slight fever i i will administer to her as well all right well you can handle five yeah um a few minutes later, another person shows up now that Victoria is no longer, like, keeping people at bay. Shows yeah. up with a, a child and you know, asks, can you, Doctor, can you can you look at this one, too? Ah, you're asking me to help children now. Um, yes. Yes, I can. Um, uh, and I basically replace Festus in rotation. I don't do anything different with Festus. I leave him there, but, like, um, I essentially just am, like, passing over Festus in okay. favor of the child all right um but a few minutes I, I later i look at this i look at this woman right and i uh, say it will do what i can to help your child but please know that my limits as a healer have been met I, I need time to help these people before i can help others if you would try to keep the rest of the community try to keep the rest of the community calm as possible and tell them i will help them as soon as i am confident that these are are helped um you very quickly find yourself flooded with requests for help. All right. Everyone's bringing every single sick one of their people over to the Longbottom's house and saying, y'all over here, please, please. <laughs> Remember that cord of wood I got you. I, you know, right. um, I always give you the best apples. Come on. But it's, it's, it's my sister. It's my husband. Okay. It's my father. So I, uh, I, I basically, I basically stand up on on like the the dining room chair of the Longbottoms, and I try to like gather everyone's attention. I'm like, listen, town folk, I cannot heal everyone at once, uh, and I need concentration and the ability to do my work, or no one will be healed. Please allow me to do my job, and I will get to you as soon as I can. And um, like, I need. 20 feet of space for those that I am working on, right? Like, please give me, give me some space. Um, and I'm, I kind of look to Victoria and I'm like, can you please help move these people around? She I will still- gets sure back up, gets her quarter staff and starts kind of pushing the crowd back. So um, like, basically I'll go check on her every once in a while. I'm going to focus on like the other four, but then like, I'll be like, Hell is fever. Here, drink this. Do this, right? right? So I'm keeping them hydrated. Um, I'm doing that, and then I begin as as I get a as I get a handle on the fever or as much as I can. I begin like doing my my diagnostic work. Like I take my tools out. And I begin looking at their their throat and, and like listening to their heart, their breathing. Like I'm trying to figure out what the like core ailment is. Sure. Um, why don't you make me five healing checks? Okay. Um, uh, me, what, what's your healing check? Because we can just let roll me double five check. I was about to. I was about to double check. Uh, it is a plus twelve because healing's at a minus two. Okay, so you need a nine or better. So why don't you just roll me five d twenties and we'll count the nines and betters. Uh, yep, five d twenty. Sixteen twenty fourteen eleven and nine. Fantastic. Um. So we're just going to kind of move forward because role-playing being a doctor is difficult when neither of us are doctors. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so all of the patients under your care pull through, except for Fester. Um, 
or whatever his name was. Festus, I Festus, think I named yeah. him. Fe- yeah. Festus doesn't make it. Right. Um, but the I, I kind of got him out of the rotation for the baby. Right. The the long bottoms pull through, the village elder pulls through, your wife pulls through, and the other child, the, the first child that came to you, they um, all pull through. Um I guess essentially, um how lo- okay, this is this is a better question. How long does it take to heal them? Um, to the point where Yaromir thinks they're going to pull through. Four days. Four days. Yikes. Four days. Okay. In after four days, I guess, I want to see if I can help more people, but I'm assuming that a lot of them are, are didn't make it. Yeah. The, whatever this was kind of just blew through town, did its damage, and is gone. Okay. Okay. Um... I will spend time in the village after the four days, like exhausted and tired, like going through like the people that have survived and trying to like help them as I can, but it doesn't seem like the sickness is still around, does it? No, and from all the people who lost family members, you get a very cold reception. Yeah. And as you're walking by, you can hear the whispers of people on your side, something like, all of his patients survived. He could have taken more. He didn't do enough. Why do you think he just picked those five? Of course, he picked his wife, but in the village elder, but but the long bottoms, and and he let the town drunk die. So I guess one of them died in his care. And there's this kind of like this this rumor and this whisper that you like went through and cherry picked the people you wanted to survive and let everybody else die. Right. And the, the mortality yeah. rate's not a hundred percent here. It's like a thirty okay. percent mortality rate. Okay. Maybe forty percent. But um there there's a sentiment running through town that you kind of chose the people you wanted to let live and just kind of let everybody else die. Well, I mean, I I try to explain to them, right, as if when when I talk to people, right, I'm like, how are you feeling? Like, do do you need treatment? Here, take this like if, if you feel a fever, take this, like, ground aspen thing, right? And I, if I'm confronted with any of that, like, I do my best to explain, right? Like, it is only what a doctor can do. And I'm sure they're having none of it, but, like, Yaramir feels, like, duty-bound to be like, I am sorry I could not help everyone. I am trying, and I could only do this amount, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. That day, you, you come home to find your window smashed. It looks like someone threw a big rock through it and just oh, kind of no. shattered it. Yeah. It's definitely unnatural because there's a, a rock in your living room. Rocks don't just pick up and Oh, 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 it's, it's unnatural because there's not a, normally a rock in the living right, room. Right, right, right. So you said uh, it was definitely unnatural. I went, who, what freaking hag threw a rock in my <laughs> No, 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 no. So, a person has. It's a magic rock. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Magic Rock, coincidentally, also the name of my new folk band. Uh, so. <laughs> so this is the album title. This is the album title, yes, yes, that's the album title. <laughs> um, so, I, I basically, I check on, on Kat, because I haven't seen her in four days. Or, or, like, very limited seen her. I don't know if I trekked back to my place or not. Uh, Kat's fine. 
she yeah. stayed back once once disease was realized what was going on uh i think she was separated from the rest of the town and left alone okay um um basically i i check on her like i'm, I'm doing the thing like hey what are you for the last four days Did you, are you okay like are she you scared? scared are you this like she's scared okay um i i do my best like um i go into like priest mode right because i was trained to be a priest for a really long time and i probably haven't um i haven't dealt with people um outside of that for as long right and so when mm-hmm. when really stressful things happen especially people i really care about i probably like fall back on those teachings right and i'm i'm, I'm giving her the like sermon from from martha essentially like you know this is people die and and they go to falumbra and mm-hmm. and and I, I do my best to just like explain um you know this is this is what happens and, and you're safe and mommy's safe and daddy's safe but you know this this type of thing happens and like I, I do my best to kind of like reassure her um and then maybe i like clean up the glass and the rock and i don't really talk about that much um and we just like go fishing for like the day right and like you and me like we haven't seen each other in a while i know you're freaked out let's have something normal Right, I take her up north into the woods. We kind of just like hike around for a day. We might go fishing a little bit, right? right? Just kind of like, all right, let's let's have some normalcy in our lives for you know at least a few hours. Yeah, and I think you get that normalcy. Now you, there's a, a little boat that you can take out, or a small raft you can take out onto the river and do mm-hmm. some fishing from there, or maybe just cast off from the shore. Yeah, um, and you and Cat have a. A nice afternoon, kind of away from the death and the the problems, and and remembering what it is to have a normal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I think we're gonna take our second break here, and when we come back, we're gonna do a third section, but it's probably gonna be fairly short. So we'll see you guys on the other side of our break with our third bit in like five to ten minutes. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frozen Frontier. Yaromir's flashbacks. <clears throat> so you've had your nice little break with Amelie down by the river, going fishing. Cat. <laughs> now, now you're gonna train yourself to do that. When we play the real game, you're never gonna get it right. Cat <laughs> down by the river. Um, how long do you fish? Well, it... is it like an all-day thing? Is it like an hour? I, I think more than an hour, less than an all-day thing, right? Like an afternoon, right? Sorry, like are you a, coming back in the late afternoon or the evening, or when do you come home? I think I think okay. So I guess let's assume let's assume it's a short, like maybe hour walk to to my cottage outside the village. So I get there in the in the morning. Uh, we have this talk where I try to reassure her, um, and maybe that maybe that takes a couple hours. So maybe we head out around midday, come back like late afternoon late afternoon okay yeah i think that's a i mean that's a enough time that we've we've rafted or fished or hiked for enough time that we get to this kind of sense of normalcy and we come back and it we still have time to like have a day right we, we can sure. we basically i don't ignore my wife for like an entire day <laughs> right that's not always a good idea um <laughs> sometimes uh you uh you come home you brought some fish you're probably like scaling them 
you know, taking the guts out. Your your wife might be the hunter, but you're the anatomy specialist, so this is yeah. probably your your vein. Yeah. Um, when there is a, a disturbing note in Victoria's voice. Oh. Uh, uh, when she calls Yaromir. Um. From the front. In the front room. I guess uh, you're probably in the front room. It's all one big room, but from it's all one big room, yeah. Yeah, from from the other side of the room. I got kind of I kind of sat down. I'm doing uh, yes, yes, dear. Uh, you take a look, uh, and you can see torchlight coming from out the windows. Someone oh. is approaching. Um, I I kind of put down my my fish guts, I guess, um, and I. I don't even wash my hands, I guess. I just walk out with bloody hands because Yaromir does that type of stuff. He doesn't think yeah. much of it. Um, and he'll he'll go to the doorway and see, like, perhaps, uh, perhaps I should talk with them, Victoria. Would you like to come uh, meet them as well, or would you prefer I handle it? I don't know what they're talking about. Maybe we should let them visit you here. Hmm. This is not a bad plan. Perhaps uh, they would like some tea. Uh, I will. Um, I will continue preparing fish. Could you let them in? Yeah. Cat we we caught of... enough fish, maybe to feed them all. It, we'll see. Okay. Uh, cat pokes her head out the window, kind of watching, and she starts counting. Uh, I'm not sure what she's counting. She's one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, dad, ten. No, no, you missed one. What comes dad! after eight? Dad! Oh, yes, yes, cat. What? What is it? She I points can't... out the window, and you see she's counting the number of torches that she sees. Okay. Um, there's 12, four, 13, 14, 15. Uh, there, there's a lot of people out here. Well, this is definitely torches. more people than I have fish for. Um, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and, and walk outside and and go to greet them. Like, Hello, eh? What brings you to my to my cottage? What? It's no coincidence, says the forefront person, that your house is glowing, and days later, people are dying from the plague. I I say this is not my doing. Uh, uh-huh. Your I house would... just happens to magically glow and then people start dying and you see little Ginger and she miscarries some twisted demon. Look, uh, this is this is not my doing. I what promise. about Barry, huh? Did you send your little friends to kill Barry? No, I did no such thing. I had just seen them when you came here, Gary. Eh, look, I am, I am as concerned and confused about the lighting issue in my house as you are. Uh, and I did what I could with the play. <laughs> the lighting issue in your house. <laughs> <laughs> I did what I could for you in the plague. Uh, you know, I, I did as much as, as possible. I, I saved as many as I could. Uh, this... This plague was not my doing. If if I wanted the plague to kill you, 
why would I risk myself and my wife to to heal you? The uh, the crowd starts yammering amongst themselves, and there are there are loud shouts, shouts of you know traitor, shouts of witch, shouts of you know crazy foreigner, get out of here! We don't want your kind. Gary is the the forefront person. Mm. He says, "Yeah, sure, sure. You didn't. Uh, whatever plague you caused, I'm sure wouldn't affect you. Your family seemed to have pulled through just fine. Your wife was able to even stand up and keep the crowd at bay while she was sick. Yeah. Uh huh. We know what your kind is. Sorcerer, warlock." Look, if I had magic powers, I would... Well, I do. Uh, this is bad argument I have. Give me one moment to recalibrate argument. Uh. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> this, is, this is... Look, uh, We're not going to take any more of your witchcraft shit around here. Weird things have been happening ever since you showed up. Strange things. If you do not wish to heed the fates, you do not have to. I only provide this service if you wish it. If you wish to not come see me, this is fine. Uh, but there is no reason to be here with pitchforks and torches. I have done nothing but serve this community. I promise you this. Uh, their arguing is not really going down. Uh, you see a couple of people just, like, throw torches generally at your house, like, not actually onto the, the roofing. They're not trying okay. to burn it down, but just, like, angrily throwing their things towards your, your front yard, your little fenced-in garden. Um, some vegetables get tossed. Maybe one of them, like, grazes you or something. Okay. Um, I can't really tell people... T- I mean... Look, uh, okay. Basically, I say, look, look, uh, please, do not do something here you will regret. There is no reason to to harm my family or me. We will leave your your village in peace if you so require. Uh, we, can, we do not need to have a, a violence here today. Good. Go back to your houses. Grieve with your, with your family. Gary turns around and kind of like calls for the crowd's attention. Uh, they quiet down a little bit for him. And he says from, you know, kind of a, a raised section, I think you're maybe on a slight hill, uh, he shouts, he says he's gonna leave! We've got rid of the witch, guys, he'll be gone! Good work, everybody! Good work! Stumptown owes you all a debt of gratitude! He turns around, spits at your feet, and the crowd marches off. I kind of... I, I misinterpret what Gary just did because what I said was I'll leave you all alone and he said that I'll leave and mm-hmm. obviously this is a miscommunication but Yarmir mm-hmm. doesn't understand that he kind of quietly like nods towards Gary and is like thank you Gary I appreciate your understanding um, and I, I kind of go about like picking up these torches making sure they don't burn everything right like Yarmir thinks like okay this has been averted. Gary at least understands he's on my side, right? Like Yaramir is 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 reassured despite the the threats of violence. Yeah. 
Um, your night doesn't go all that well. I guess you have awkward fish time. Um, uh, very, very awkward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that is not a, a fun uh, meal. Dinner. Yeah. Um, and when you wake up the next morning, you find that in the night someone has come and like dumped a bucket of blood or something, probably like animal's blood on your door. Probably God knows where they got it from. Maybe the butcher, maybe they slaughtered something, but your house has also been like defaced in the night, uh, in the middle of the night. Okay. Um, well, I said about washing that off. Um, I think it's because it's becoming apparent to Yaramir that even with um, perhaps the support of Gary, um, it might be time to start looking towards moving along. But Yaramir is confident that the fate said it's safe here um, and that he has an ally in Gary. Right. He th- he doesn't think he has to move right now. He thinks that perhaps this will this will pass. But he is thinking of like, do I want my my family to live in this kind of like terror? Um, and so he begins formulating the like, okay, do I need do we move my family into the Elven lands and continue this quest, or do we move somewhere else? Right? Do we move to a different town? Do we go down to Bridgegate or Gold Hill or some other village near Half Hill, even? Mm-hmm. Um, and and like these thoughts are the ones that are consuming him. Like, do I do I push on in this quest to like find the the people with magic in their blood, um, or or do I push on like somewhere else? Right? Or or do I do I give up on this part of my my kind of existence so that these people that I care about are are safer? Um, or he's he's pretty convinced that he's that they're safe, but the fates are are um. Not fickle, but uh, uh, vague, right? Safety might be assured, but not like, you know, there no harm might come to them, but the, you, they might live in terror. So he's, right. he's thinking, perhaps it's time to start, you know, doing some property shopping, um, that type of thing. Got to go find a realtor. <laughs> I consume him. Yeah. Um, okay, so later that afternoon, um, probably around the time you're finishing cleaning up all the blood off of your walls and your door. Cat, uh, uh, I got it right this time, is sitting pretty terrified inside the house and Victoria is trying to talk to her and be like, well, these people don't understand. We have these strange accents. Your your father's accent's particularly harsh and, you know, they, they don't under, they don't get it and we're, we haven't done anything wrong. We're fine, but these people are... They're, they're just upset that everyone's died and they're looking for someone to blame. You know, they're, they're just, they're blaming us and it's wrong, but they're they're sad and what, what are you going to do about it, you know? Yeah. Um, but a, a writer comes up uh, from the south, uh, fairly breathless. I guess the horse is fairly breathless. The writer is maybe a little sore. And, a and says, writer, like a horse writer. I, I was like, what's George R. R. Martin doing here? <laughs> uh, and a hop dismounts comes over to you and says, are you the one they call um, Yaromir the Strange? I I do not know about this strange thing. I think I am the most normal person in this town. However, my name is Yaromir, yes. I I come from Half Hill. The, we heard that you had a disease, a, a plague up here recently. Well, it's it's hit Half Hill. 
and oh. this is a this is a terrible thing. This disease. The the mayor. Uh, well, not the mayor. His lordship, the our, our leader, our ruler is, is sick. Can you? It is perhaps even worse than that. This disease is fast and uh, very contagious. Uh, we will. We will need to collect your healers and teach them on how to best treat this disease. Can you come today, right now? Uh, I kind of look to, to Victoria and Amelie, or to, damn it, now I'm doing it. Victoria and Kat, um, and, and I kind of looked at them and was like, yes, I, I believe I believe I, I, I can come today. Um, I kind of walk in, and, and I'm sure they can hear this, right? They're, they're in this kind of like mm-hmm. one-room house, and, and I look at them and I say, um... I must go heal people. Uh, it is important for me to to do what I can for them. I perhaps am the only one that can teach these healers the, the way to do it before it's too late. Are you uh, sure it's safe? I will... I, I, I kind of think on that and I say, I think it is safe. Though the fates have said we are safe here. Um, I believe in my own powers. Um, I also believe perhaps if I curry favor with the Lord of Half Hill, uh, perhaps we could move from this place. Uh, you, we might be happier uh, in a in a village that understands our our uh, worth. Victoria nods uh, in agreement. Says, "Okay, we'll take care then." Okay. Little I cat back as- shakes her head and says, "No, Dad, don't go." I, I kind of kneel before her, and I'm like, it's okay, cat. Uh, when I come back, we will have many days of, of fishing and... and no, camping. don't go! Don't leave us! It will only be for a short time. I promise. Here, give big hug. She gives you a big hug and just yeah. doesn't let go. Like, you stand <laughs> up and she's still on you, like, clutched right. onto you. Yeah. I stand up and, and kind of, like, lift her over and hand her to, to Victoria and, like, all right, uh, we must... Uh, we must part now, but I will be back as soon as possible. Last time took four days. Hopefully, with more advanced knowledge, I can treat it quicker. Or, or perhaps teach the other healers there how to do it. Um, and then I kind of like... I'm assuming the writer has, has room for me to get on. I'm, I'm only like 60 pounds. Right. Like, uh, Victoria leans in, gives you a kiss, tells you to be safe. Cat bursts into tears and just starts crying, Don't go, Daddy! Don't go! Oh, no! Um, the rider gives you his horse and says he'll he'll walk back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, do I know how to get to Half Hill? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, sure. Can't then, miss it. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a riding proficiency, so I'm not fantastic at this, but I'll I'll ride to Half Hill. Yeah. Uh, you get to Half Hill, and there's already somebody like at the the. It's not really a gate, but like on the road waiting for you. Uh, they okay. direct you direct you to the Lord. The Lord is a halfling. About half the population of Half Hill is a halfling. Okay. Uh, um, and awesome. you- yeah, so basically, when when I get there, I say, um, "We hear this uh, this plague come through Stumptown. It is very contagious, very fast acting. Uh, we need to have. Please bring me the other healers so I can instruct them on ways to help the rest of of your town. Or otherwise, you will have half a population in Half Hill." Uh, the the other healers you you're brought the the people who might know something about this you're brought uh, midwives 
arbors, anyone that with any sort of medical knowledge whatsoever is brought to you. Um, okay. And you work with them and the people of Half Hill. I I'd like you to make me two healing checks. Okay. Uh, one for how well you can teach the, the people and one for how well you can treat the Lord of Half Hill. Okay, uh, that sounds good. So this is the, the first one is for the teaching. Ooh. I'm a savant. I know what I'm doing, but I'm very bad at telling it to others. Is yeah. what I get. All right, and so I don't know. I do my best to teach them. Maybe maybe it doesn't hold. Oh, it's I think a they one. Maybe teach them the wrong shit. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, uh, and maybe okay. they're they're not taking well to you. And some of them like right. They brought their barbers who are sort of surgeons, but they don't really know anything about healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just there's panic. People yeah. are dying of yeah. disease. Oh, it's it's a mess. It's a nightmare. Um, and then to heal the Lord. The 32 and a crit! Uh, his lordship pulls through after three days. You got here one day into the disease. Okay. Or one, you know, one day later than you got into Stumptown last time. Yeah. Um, and thanks you profusely. Hands you a sack of a hundred pieces of gold. That's 10,000 copper. That's a, a hefty... It is. Uh, a very hefty amount. And offers to, you know... Help you find a house if you would like to move to Half Hill. I think somehow somewhere in the way that gets mentioned and passed on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I thank the 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 I guess speaker of the Lord and um, yeah maybe I maybe I talk with them about you know finding a finding a home here and um, I this is probably the most money I've ever owned at one time although perhaps not even close to what I've seen like I was a right. I was a pet of the matriarchy. And they're very wealthy, but I didn't own any of it because I was a guy. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of a weird, I have a weird connection to the money. Um, like, I understand its value very well, but I don't, I've never owned it this like this much. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's very, like, it, it probably takes me a moment or two to process that. Like, oh, wow. Like, I actually, like, I can own real property. Like, I have... Like this is this is a lot of money, um, and so yeah, I, I go about thanking them. I do what I can for the for the other healers. Obviously, my teachings just completely unwelcome here. Um, but uh, eventually, after after all that, I, I'll, I'll begin the I guess assume walk. No, I can for twenty five gold. I can buy a riding horse. It's my horse. Uh, Seventy five gold is a riding horse. Oh shit! Well, no. You can buy a donkey for eight GP. Great! I buy a donkey to ride home. All right, family donkey. Well, what do you name your donkey? Um, Buttercup. Nice. <laughs> Buttercup the donkey. All right. You hop on Buttercup and head on home. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty easy journey back north. Finding your home is not too bad. But when you arrive to where your building ought to be, where your house ought to be, all you find are cinders, ash, and uh, a couple of posts that are mostly charred. Um, I kind of pull up short um, and just am like stunned for a, for a moment as I as I peer upon like the the ashes of of what was my house, and then immediately I think. Oh my God, was my family in here? And just like I just I don't even kick the donkey, like I just dismount and like sprint into the 
into like the ashes and, and begin like looking through to see if if uh, there, there's like my family in there. Yes. Yes, they are in there. Oh, uh, Yarmu just like collapses right in in utter grief and and disbelief, right? And just like for for just an unknowable amount of time, just like stares at the the like loss of of um you know these people that were dear to him, right? And and he he just stares, right? And and doesn't even cry. It's just like he goes pale white, and it's just quiet. It's probably the quietest this portion of the like cottage has ever been. Like this this hill up here is just deathly silent. Um, and after seconds, days, hours, who knows how long it's been as he sat here, um, he just kind of finally kind of begins to cry a little bit. Like the tears come down his eyes and you can see his hand begin to just kind of fiddle with this black twisted dagger that he carries at his side. Um, And just kind of, just for a few minutes, he just kind of pulls out and looks at it um, and stands up and just begins walking covered in ash towards the city. Well, you find Stump Town. Yeah. You pretty much know where everyone lives. It's not that big of a little village. It's 150, maybe right. 200 people. So like, you know, um, 15, I just, 20, 30 families. I just walk to the edge of it and I stop. And just for a brief moment, like logic just like throws itself to the front of my mind. And I realize I'm just a man with a dagger, magic dagger, but a dagger. I can't just walk in and kill these people. And he just kind of crouches at the edge of the forest. And like, he's like partially primal, but like his brain just like was enough to save him for just a moment. And he begins to think, and all he can think about is how he's going to kill Gary and his his sons. It's getting late. It was a, a bit of a journey on your donkey who was stubborn yeah. and not that helpful, and then God knows how long you spent in the ashes of your home. Uh, and there's right. there's Gary as you're sitting and waiting, coming back in with his sons. Always coming home. in from the from the forest. From, from the forest. They've got their tools over their shoulders. Oh, okay. Um, I just begin like creeping as silently as I can through the like underbrush until I can get up to them. The area and, around his house is pretty well cleared. He's a woodsman. He's very good at clearing the. Oh, but isn't he leaving the forest? Oh yeah, he's I, leaving the forest, going to his house. Oh, I see him going into his house. Yeah. Okay, I see. Um, I I know that it's going to get late, um, so I'm just going to wait. Uh, I'll, I'll begin. I'll begin walking to it when I know that, like, everyone goes in for the night. At this point, I have all the time I need. My vengeance will be will be brutal, but it, I can I can wait an hour if need be. 
Um, so I wait until it gets dark, and then I'm going to... I'm going to uh, creep my way into the into the town and up to, to Gary's door. Um, can you make me a perception check, please? Uh, 15. <laughs> okay. It's all right. <laughs> you get to the house. I only roll well or terribly. There's no in-between. Yep, yep. 20s and 2s. <laughs> and ones. I rolled like three ones and in sessions. Ones. Yeah. Okay. Um, I creep my way up there, um, and then I don't. I don't know if he if he have, if he has a locked front door or not. Um, but I guess I'll try it. I'm just gonna. Uh, not in this podunk little town. There's no locks on any doors. They can't afford yeah. it. So it's dark. It's night. I just swing it open. Like, I don't, I don't, like, bust in the door, Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, sliding the door open. Like, not, like, slowly and peering through. I'm just, like, quietly sliding it open. Right. Um, And I just walk in. um, And... I I kind of know the layout of these these houses, right? I've they're 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 all built mostly this, um, and I just go looking for for basically his bedroom, right? Like I'm gonna well, stab him. They all live. In, he has a one room house. It's oh, okay. More, it's a little bit larger than your house actually. Okay. But there's no division of rooms. Um, there's a little fire going, just the embers of a fire going. Um, you can see three figures kind of rolled up in sleeping bags or, you know, on little beds, little um, cots near the fireplace. There's a large one, a medium one, and a small one. I He's a woodcutter. He's going to have rope, right? Yeah. I tie, the... up, I tie up Gary. But I, I, like, put something over his mouth so that he's not going to scream. And like I tie him up. I'm gonna have to tie him up first. I'm gonna have to tie him up first. I'm not strong enough to hold him. I have six strength. So how do you tie up someone who's asleep without waking them up? That seems Rogue under well. That seems very. I want him difficult. awake. I just want him to. Okay. You want him to witness his children's death? Yes. That's that's why I asked how sadistic I want to be. Um. So I take a rope and I'd reach under his cot and rope and I just cinch it down until he is like wrapped in. I wrap his like arms and torso together into his cot essentially and just tie him down. And then of course he's gonna wake up as I cinch it tight. I put my blade underneath his neck and I tell him if you scream, your kids will die slowly. Ooh. Well, he wakes and uh, you can feel you can kind of like feel his heart beating rapidly and his breath uh, coming out hot, but he doesn't scream. I nod at him, um, and I take like a little bit of, of like cloth and I just like gag him essentially. Like I tie a gag around his mouth. Mm-hmm. And then I go to each of his children and I just slit their throat in front of him. I don't After do the first one. Way. He starts and thrashing and rocking around. Um, you don't have a rope use proficiency, do you? No. Okay. Um, I'm just going to give him a strength check to see if he can break free of your knots. 
No, a natural six will not do it for us. He doesn't okay. have 15 strength. Um, I, I basically, I quickly end the lives of his children. I don't make oh, them suffer. The, the first like, kid is easy. The yeah. second kid wakes up and realizes what's going on, or maybe not realizes what's going on, but realizes the danger of the room. Um, basically, I feel like if I move quickly enough, I can just like get his throat. Maybe it's not as clean and simple, but. Give me an initiative roll. Okay. Uh, remind me, uh, dagger weapon D speed. It's really 10 low. Plus two. Plus two. Okay. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Six. Not bad. Ooh, but not quite fast enough. The kid makes it for the door, opens it, and just like starts beelining out the door. Okay. And I think I turned to I turned to Gary then. Well, hold on. I, I think did. you're you're going for your dagger. And you have like this murderous rage inside of you, and maybe a kind of a unknown to you what's really happening. Your hands kind of form some weird gestures, um. and a, a pulse of light appears from your chest, streaking through the door, striking the kid who just topples down oh. on the dirt. Yes, yes, yeah. Just like in like almost like a trance of rage. Yes. You're not I mean, even sure how you did that. You don't know if you could reproduce it, but something happened. Now there's a hole in your shirt. Right. Right. And it just yes. And uh, then I don't even I don't even thrashing. take a moment to think about this realization, right? Like maybe in 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 the future I will. But I turn around to Gary um and I just like look at him and say this is what you wrought. Um, and I just plunge the twisted black dagger into his heart and watch the light leave his eyes, and I leave it there. I just leave the dagger in his chest, and I essentially just like run off into the into the forest away from this town. Um, I run north. I run into the elven forest. All right. And I think that's where we leave Yaromir's flashbacks for today. Uh, uh, we will be doing more of these in the future. Uh, I think we've done one for every character now, and basically any time that we can't put together a full cast for a show, we'll be doing a flashback. I think we have probably... I think we've got three stages, two more for Ryan to do that we're aware of, two more for Sean to do that we're aware of. Not Sean, um, Nick. I don't know how many we have for Ferris coming up, and I don't know how many we have for Yaramir coming up. Um, hopefully we won't get through all of these. Hopefully we'll have like, you know, normal shows all the time and it'll be great, but there will be some problems in the weeks ahead. So there will be more flashbacks. Greg, you had anything to say? Uh, that was That was a lot better of a session than I thought it would be. I'm I'm very happy with the way that turned out. Um, yeah, pretty well. It ended on a bit of a sad note, um, but it was an excellent flashback. We all know that Yaromir started out, well, ends up without a family. So right. I think we knew from the get-go that they weren't going to stick around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully we get more Frofro. I need, like... I need Ferris to start eating people again and 
William to yell at me for not following commands and Grimes to do more Batman shit. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm going through withdrawals. I, I think we have a session this Sunday. Is Ryan still out this Sunday? I, I think Ryan's... See, I, I actually think Ryan's traveling the next two weeks, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, he's out through 9-4. Damn. Yeah. All right, so we'll have to do another flashback next weekend. Um, ugh. But the weekend at no wait, then the Nick is out the next week. Yeah, and then Nick's out like in his in his vacations. Oh, I think it might be another month before we are all together. Oh man. Yeah, yeah he's away on the know. third and the tenth. So we our next full game will be on the seventeenth of September, which is so far away. <laughs> That's in three weeks from now. Right? Yeah, three weeks from now. We will have our next full game, uh, which I have been planning for, preparing for, for a while now. <laughs> and I think we're going to be entering the effective chapter two of Frozen Frontier this next session or the one after that. Um, things are, are going to move. So we'll see you uh, next week for another flashback. And we will see you Tuesday through Saturday for regular streaming uh, and D&D shows of that kind. Greg, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Um, we'll, see you guys. We'll, we'll see you guys later. <sighs>